we uh, jumped ahead in the book of Daniel where we were reading for family worship and, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they didn't bow down. Danny, go back, go get them, don't bow down. You know, not quite gospel motivation in the bed, but just do it, just don't bow down. And, uh, and we sent him back and he came home and said, Dad, I, I don't think I did right. What, what'd you do? He said, well, you know, when it came time to bow to the ground, I flipped off my baseball cap and it fell to the ground and when everybody bowed, I bent over and picked it up, you know. <laughs> He's a creative young man to this day also. And I said, no, Danny, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't say, let's put our Babylonian coins down in the dirt. And as soon as the, the trumpet blows, we'll all, you know, we'll get down on the ground and pick up our coins. No, they stood there and, you know, they didn't, didn't bow and, and, uh, and uh, sent him back, prayed for him and sent him back to, he came home and said, dad, that, it was so hard. You got to go talk to the coach. The coach wouldn't, the coach wouldn't let me. Uh, you know, I didn't bow, and then he tried to make everybody bow over and over again. That's Japan. The nail that sticks up gets hammered down. The pressure of the group was harnessed by the coach to try to get my son uh, to bow. And I said, you need to go talk to the coach, Dad. I couldn't explain to him why, you know. And, and uh, so I did. I should have gone earlier, and God used that as a great opportunity. I don't have time to tell how God used that. But that, you know, that this text calls... Japan and Oklahoma City and, and uh, Stillwater to worship, praise Him, laud Him. This goal of missions is, is worship. And so what do we do? Because we see here, you see a different kind of idolatry than that I just described. You know, what do we do? So missionary kids in Karuizawa in Japan, you know, they, they were all fired up. It's bad. They said, uh, Dad, Mom, should we sneak up to the temple at night and we'll push over all the idols, you know? And, uh, and they thought, would that be God honoring? No, <laughs> of course. What did Paul do when he came in to, uh, to Athens and he saw the city filled with idols? There's this very strong word. He says, my spirit was provoked within me. And it's a, it's a sharp Greek word. And that they were, they were, you know, why? Because it hurts when there's false worship. Of, and, and he um, and Paul, but what did he do? He didn't push the idol over. He, he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. We go in the world to Oklahoma City, into, into uh, Stillwater, and to Tokyo, Japan, uh, to preach this gospel. And there's, I know, we know, you know, there are all kinds of idols. We know we have idols in our Calvin. You know, the great reformer said, our hearts are idol factories. And we, we need to see that and we're a different kind of idols of whatever they are, money or, or comfort or uh, whatever they may be. But here we see this motive, great purpose for missions in Psalm 117.1. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. Another translation, laud Him, all people. This is why we plant new churches. That's why we go. The, the goal, we go into a city. Our city, that where we started a church, 70,000 people, suburb of Tokyo, and all in the history of the world, as far as we know, God had never been worshipped there. This great purpose of, of, of what we're about, that God would be lauded and praised. I remember people have asked me, what was the greatest, greatest event or something in your years in Japan? And I said, you know, if I had to pick, it may be that first worship service, that it was so moving to think 
to hear. You know, we had worked for two years and finally had a few Christians and, and had public worship. And we're, you know, passing church all over your city has so many churches, you know. Um, but here in our city of 70,000 in the suburb of Tokyo, 35 million, today God is going to be lauded and praised and extolled like this text says. It was so moving to, to look forward to that and say, this is, this is so exciting that God uh, enabled us uh, to do that. Yeah, this is why we do mission. John Piper says, the day of missions will cease, but the day of worship will never cease. We do missions because worship doesn't exist. This is the, the great reformed reason we do evangelism and missions, you know, that God would be worshiped and glorified. Yeah, our first catechism question, you know, uh, what's the chief end of man? To, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. My dad, he's a character, he says, we Presbyterians, instead of seeking God's chief end, we often sit on God's, on man's chief end, you know, and, uh, and that, and, but, you know, this, this idea that, that God would be worshiped uh, in every tongue and tribe. Second thing we see in verse 1 is who is going to do the worshiping? And, you know, I'm a, I had missed this my whole Christian life. Who, who does it say is going to do the worshiping? And it's a command, actually, to whom? All nations, all peoples. Notice the S on the end. I thought peoples was bad English, you know? It's not. It means people group, you know? 6,000 people groups in the world, you know? 200 political nations or something, but 6,000 people groups of different kind. And... Uh, and I had just missed this. We, we arrived, I was a career marine officer. My, my uh, story is mercenary to missionary. And God used a good church to lead us out of the Marine Corps to, uh, to seminary. And that, my first friend was a Japanese guy. And early on in seminary, they had a missions conference. And the preacher went from Genesis to Revelation, showing that this is not a peripheral truth in the Bible, this all nations, all peoples, that peoples is good English, it means people group, and that I was a missing S Christian. I love people, grew up my dad, PCA pastor, my grandfather wrote a, a hymn, this in our PCA hymnal, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me, you know, blue blood, Presbyterian kind, but I had missed this somehow. And so I know there are other people that could have missed it. I was a seminary student, and about two months into seminary, when this preacher went from Genesis to Revelation, showing all peoples, every tongue, every tribe, this isn't kind of a side theme in the Bible. It's actually, what's the theme of the Bible is redemption. And we say redemption through a redeemer. And sometimes we add, we reform before the elect. But we would also add from this text, the, the, the message of the Bible is redemption through the great Redeemer for His elect. And where are they from? From every tribe, every tongue, all peoples. And I, you know, at the end of this, you know, going through Scripture, you know, if you began at Genesis 12, you know, that Abraham, through your seed, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And again, repeated a bunch of times Abraham, Genesis 22, says, Abraham, look up. See the stars? Can you count the stars, Abraham? Answer, no. So shall your descendants be. And where will they be from? All nations, all peoples. And he says, your seed, your offspring will be a blessing 
to all nations. Of course, the seed being Christ and his members who would come, you know. And so, you know, he, he marched through the whole Bible, like three days, probably 10 hours. And I'm, whoa, started putting an M in my Bible next to every, you know, for missions. And I was like, whoa, you know, I grew up in the church. I, how did I miss this, you know? And, and, you know, the Psalms was so full of it. You know, look at my, but I do it in my Japanese English Bible, you know. I mean, that day I would have never thought that 36 years later, my Bible, you know, I would be back on a trip to Oklahoma City talking about missions and my Bible would have English on the left side and Japanese on the right side. That's the way my, my you know, because I use both all the time. So, you know, I and, I, and these Psalms everywhere, you know, praise Him. Who? Like Psalm 117. This is Psalm 67, you know, that John Piper wrote that great book, Let the Nations Be Glad, from basically Psalm 67, you know, uh, that the, the, the nations would rejoice. Sometime in our city, I, I say, I say, what are you do? What are you, what are you doing here? What's your? There are not many foreigners in our town. What are you doing here? I said my job is I bring joy to our city, and uh, and people say, oh, are you the in charge of the game center? You know, or something? No. Real joy, the best joy, the deep joy that really matters. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Because in knowing God really is the greatest, the greatest joy, the true joy. And we see that. Praise the Lord, all nations. Pray, laud Him, all peoples. Um, do you know how blessed you are with how many Christians and churches there are in America? Can anyone name a, 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 a nation with all the lostness of America that has more Christians and depth? And, you know, listen, just driving up from Oklahoma City Friday night, Christian radio, you know. And, and often when I'm back in the States, I hear, you know, Dobson and R.C. Sproul and, you know, and, and just, you know, sometimes stuff that, okay, man, I wish that wasn't on there. But, lo- but also lots of good, good stuff. You know, I, the, not too long ago I had in my notes before coming here that uh, a story that uh, when I just, last year when I was in the States, was on an airplane, the guy sitting to the left of me, turned out to be a solid Baptist Christian, loved Jesus, and the third guy over at the window seat, he hears our conversations, we start having fellowship in Christ, and he says, he says, I am too. And the three of us had about an hour of fellowship. I said, you know, in 30 years in Japan, this is, that, that kind of thing has happened to me maybe eight to ten times. Meeting something all the time in the state. Flying into Oklahoma City from Detroit, I was at the window. Guy sits down next to me. Not only was he, and you know, you always wonder how the conversation will go. We started talking. Actually, I was really tired from coming from Japan. I did not want to talk to him. Didn't want to share the gospel or talk to anybody. You know, I was being tired and selfish and saying it's probably okay because I just flew in from Japan. I'm dead tired, and I still got to drive up to Stillwater tonight. And. Uh, and turn out he's a brother. He in, he's in the PCA church, city church in, uh, in Edmond. Is it Edmond or city center, Oklahoma City? You know, he, he's, a, he's a serious Christian. He's been in that church for a year. He's been reading Tim Keller and John Piper and 
man, we had the best time, you know. It kept me awake. I didn't get to sleep, you know. <laughs> like, I wanted, it was just, I, you know, I want to recruit him and his wife to come to Japan, you know. <laughs> By the time we finished the time together, I said, wow. You know, my son-in-law is a missionary in Bangladesh, which has the largest unreached people group in the world. Japan is the second largest unreached people group in the world. That definition is the church is under 2%. The evangelical church is under 2%. It's not strong enough yet to reach itself. It needs outside help. That's kind of a missiological definition, under 2%. Japan is about half of 1%. So it's a fourth of that threshold definition. And the Bangla people of Bangladesh, the main people group in Bangladesh, is even less than that. And more of them. So it's the first largest. My son-in-law who's there... He's heard me say that in all these years, now I'm up to eight or ten, that just out and around I've met a Christian. You know, we were in our city for four months before we finally found the first Christian. First church in the history of the world in our city, finally found a Christian. My son-in-law in Bangladesh says, well, Dan, we've been there five or six years now, and I still haven't found one just that way, you know. Uh, unless you're going to a place where you know there are few Christians, you know, just out and around a bus, a train, or, or something. See, the, the world is in praise the Lord for what? Is, you know, we know all the churches aren't good. I, you know, I looked on the internet this morning and said that there, uh, your city is 50,000 people and that there looks like, you know, 60 or 70 churches, and there was one place that said the 30 best churches in Stillwater, you know, and uh, thankfully your church was on there, although I guess we shouldn't really care that much what that says, you know, but I say, wow, praise the Lord, and what is the responsibility that goes with this, yes, to keep reaching Stillwater, and to say to Lord, that you would be praised and honored in these people groups that have nothing. This is the, the heart of God for the, for the world. So the second half of this verse, verse 2, gives us this motive for missions, you know, and we can go be a part of that with our giving, with our, some of you, maybe today you'll be like me sitting where I was, some, you know, 34 years ago that night at a message kind of like this, said, okay, Lord, I don't want to go, but I wrote in my Bible, I'm willing to go next to the text. That, you know, Lord, I'm willing to go. Don't want to go, but show me where you want me to go preach your gospel. But all of us need to be a part of it by our praying and giving. You know, my son Joel is an entrepreneur, owns Monday Night Brewing in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, can I say that in this church? Is that okay? So I know some churches, they, they hear that. He owns a brewery. They'll cut off our support, you know. Uh, other churches, PCA churches nowadays, they'll increase our support, you know. <laughs> it's good beer, you know. But they got 80 employees now. Joel, from a little kid, he would import stuff. Someone's coming from America, bring 10 years old, bring blow pops, and he'd buy them for, you know, have grandma buy them for four cents a piece. He'd sell them for 40 cents a piece in Japan, you know. And an entrepreneur from a young age, and at 17, he said, Dad, you know, all these missionaries and pastors in our family, you know, said one of us needs to be a multimillionaire to, to, to support all this stuff, you know. And, uh, and yeah. God calls us all to different things, but, but Joel and the three PCA guys that started this brewery together, that was their vision to say, we want God to use our entrepreneurial skills for the kingdom in Atlanta and for the whole world. And that's what, so what's, how is God calling you to be a part of this? Maybe going, maybe short term. Bob Drew's on our team in Japan, career, Navy, 
left the Navy, went to, you know, elder in a PCA church, uh, went, to, uh, went to work for business for 10 years, retired from that, and came on a visit to Japan. Dangerous, I'm telling you. He came, said, wow, God could use us here. Came for two weeks. They, they've been with us seven years now, <laughs> you, know? you know. They went back and raised support and came. And they, they, God is just using Bob and Sharon at 68. He's a team leader for one of our teams now. And don't speak Japanese. They use interpreters. They do counseling, mentoring. God has just used all their life experience so much. And we have four young 18-year-olds living at our house with us. All our kids are gone, living at our house, who, can't, who come and do a gap year to help us. So from 18 to 68, you know, uh, and, and older, there are all kinds of ways to be a part of the nations, the people groups of the world. Come in. What, how, what's God calling you to do? What's a new application for you? But the motive for this, we see two things in verse 2. What are they that really, really put iron in us? The great love of God. For great is His steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endu- endures forever. You know, I was just up at Sendai a couple weeks ago, our church plant up in the tsunami region had that big, huge tsunami um, seven years ago. That uh, And we planted a church. We didn't just take bread and water. We took living bread, living water, and started a church in one of the areas where we were working. And the pastor is just so discouraged and has just said, email the other day, I'm quitting. It's just too hard. His Japanese pastor left Tokyo to go up to that region to church plant. It is hard. And I know it's been hard for us. So many times we wanted to quit. Four times really, really down and discouraged, uh, wanted to quit. And I think one of the things, and you read missions history, and the, the faithfulness of God, the, the word here, emmet, uh, in the original, is a word that means God's truth, God's cert- his veracity, his promises are true. You can count on them absolutely, you know, We can count on them for our personal life. And want to think about that for a second. But especially in relation to verse 1, which is about what? Missions. Laud him all people. What's the connection here? Okay. Laud him all peoples. Laud him all nations. And then he says, God's faithfulness. His faithfulness and his love. I told in the Sunday school class this morning, the, the, uh, the, 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 town outside of Tokyo that we found with no church was called Oyumino. And as the pastor said, great, he said, what a great name for a town. Who will build this church? Oyumino. You know, sorry to repeat that, those of you in Sunday, but it's too good to, you know, that, that's so good. Yes. So many times when I've been discouraged, this faithfulness of God, his promises are true. It's true. Personally, it's true. A lady we baptized this past year started coming to English class and then coming to church stuff. And she was in baptism class, ready to be baptized. Her name is Kiyomi, young lady, young single lady. Um, and she, uh, she um, had brain cancer. And we, she was immediately put in the hospital, big tumor. And we're in there in the hospital. We went, we, we took water and we're going to do maybe her baptism because she's having surgery the next day. And they're taking out a big tumor. It turned out to be seven-hour surgery. Could you be joyful the night before seven-hour brain surgery? This 
new believer who is going to be baptized the next Sunday, Easter Sunday, nine days hence, was so full of the joy of the Lord. Two of her friends, non-Christian friends, were there. And we went through our questions, like, like the PCA, except we begin with God. PCA begins with, do you acknowledge your sin? We begin with, do you believe in the one true and living God because of the gods, eight million gods, you know? Second question, do you acknowledge your sin? This lady said, Kiyomi, do you acknowledge, do you believe in the one true and living God? Yes, and she didn't just say yes. She gave a mini sermon that her two non-Christian friends got to hear. About, oh, yeah, I came to church and came to find out about the true and living God, you know? And, and she... Her sin, she gave a little mini-sermon about that. Do you trust, third question, do you trust Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? She gave a great little talk about Jesus. Yeah, I came, I didn't believe in Jesus. Wow, I came to say I'm a sinner. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I'm thinking, this is really good for, you know, better than I could. And she's full of joy. I couldn't, you know, why? She really, and we said, would you like us to baptize you tonight in the hospital? Because we don't know. You know, we, we don't really know how this is going to go. She said, no. I have so many friends coming to our church next Sunday, Easter Sunday, for worship. said, I, you know, I'm just praying God's going to heal me and I'll be able to come. She came in a wheelchair. We baptized her the next Easter Sunday. The hospital let her out for four hours. Successful brain surgery, seven hours. But why can in the personal struggles of life, can't, because of this faithfulness of God, that he, his promises to us, he's with us, he'll protect us. And, you know, this new Christian believe this, but these promises also help us as we go out into the world. Sometimes it doesn't seem like we're winning, right, in the kingdom battle, right? It seems like we're losing sometimes, right? Some people say that, said, well, Dan, because you, you look at church history, people, you know, Hudson, Hudson Taylor, lots of folks in church history that went out in, into the world to take the gospel to hard places, incredible hardship, one of the things is you read the promises of Scripture like this. You know, God's faithfulness that I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it are powerful for us to get us through personally. But as we go on this mission, I, it's like my Uncle Dan that I'm named after was in the Battle of Midway, turning point of World War II. And he was on the seventh wave and uh, had more than 300 bullet holes in his plane when he, uh, when he landed back on the Midway Island, almost didn't make it back. You know, so many of his friends were killed in the water, uh, swimming in the water. His plane actually is in the museum down in Pensacola, Florida. He won the Navy Cross in that, uh, in that battle of Midway. But if you had asked all those guys, you know, oh, it feels like we're, feels like we're losing. We're, no, we're winning. And, and one, you know, the turning point of World War II was that, was that battle. But in that, that's the way we so often in church history, you know, China, after the missionaries were kicked out of China, after the communists took over, it looked like, oh, this is the end. China was only, you know, half percent, one percent like Japan is today. And wow, the church may be more Christians in China today than, than in America. It's incredible. A, a, a professor told me in Beijing, they can't even... Chinese professor of a seminary said they can't even, they've given up stopping the house churches and they just keep shutting down our seminary and we have to kind of go out and we, we emerge somewhere else and keep training the pastors. Isn't that exciting? You know, my son in India, 20, 20 years ago, nothing happened in India. 
the kingdom is growing. Korea, conquered by Japan, you know, about 1%. Korea, the biggest churches in the world now in South Korea. We believe, the, we know the end of the book. As we sang, Jesus shall reign. Where'er the sun is going to happen. His kingdom cannot fail. He rules over earth and heaven. This gives us strength. We know that Jesus will win this battle. But the second thing we see here in this text is the love. This great love that, uh, if you put it back up on there, this great love of Christ, this great love of God, and we see it in Christ that we know. Do you believe in the power of love for a motive? That it's maybe the most powerful motive, you know? And we know that we love because he first loved us. That Jesus went to the, because we know the whole book, Jesus went to the cross for us. That he, he died on the cross first and he rose again from the third, on the third day and he ever lives to make intercession for us. That motive as we come to know that more and more. We see like Ephesians 3, the end, that, that Paul prays that you would know the love of Christ, how high and deep and wide and long it is. And he says, this is what gives you strength, he says there. It does. It gives us, pow it gives us power to go do hard things. It gives, as it does with our kids, the struggles we do in raising kids and all the things. You know, as I see my my prodigal son sins over my life and my older brother kind of sins over my life, if you know what I mean from that prodigal son story, you know, Pharisee type sins as well as all the others that, that I am such a mess and in need of Christ and yet he loves me and he forgives me. With Paul, I say, I am chief of sinners, First Timothy 1.5 and he loves me. I think being a missionary has helped me see more of my sin, having to, you know, I'm a very proud person. I want to succeed and and I went to Japan and I started out with Korewa Pendes. This is a pen. That's how, where I started, learning the language. You know, I became a little baby at age 35, this Marine, this Marine captain. You know, it was so good for me to, to be weak and to come to see how much I need my Christ. And over these years, we begin to see that, wow, I really, I, I really, I think the pressure of living in Japan, I think a lot, it's like sometimes we say, Marriage, Carol, I do a lot of marriage counseling. Are, you know, getting married is like putting miracle grow on your sin. You know, it really comes out, right? Would you all agree? Maybe some of you don't agree. I know for us, we're both very strong-willed, but we love each other. We're in covenant, but our sin comes out, selfishness, and, and, and you know, I want to be right, and, and, uh, and it's strong. And I say, being a, going to be a missionary is a blessing because it puts double miracle grow on your sin if you're married, you know? Because you got all this cultural pressure and all these ways, it's just so hard to live. I, one day I, I hear my, um, my kids just screaming downstairs and I, I run down and from the second floor and there's my son Danny and he's trying to, the same one, the bowing Danny, he's 15 now and he has eight-year-old Sarah Beth trying to put her head in the toilet, you know? And, uh, and I said, and I just lost it. I got so angry, and I did something I must have learned from, uh, from James Dobson. I, I grabbed Danny and tried to put his head in the toilet, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he said, Dad, Dad, I was just, the water was clean. I'm just playing, Dad. What's wrong, Dad? You're, and I was so angry. I lost it. The absolute worst time of this tension in our house, the doorbell rings, you know. And, uh, 
And so there I'm walking toward the doorbell, this angry man, father. I'm sure you guys should have called a better preacher to come who is a holier man to come. here. This bitch came to Chiba to share the love of Christ with the Japanese, you know, and a tension-filled house. And I went to the door, and this lady from our church was there to bring something. And, you know, and I said, oh, God, desai, please come in. Now, you have to say three Japanese people looking at your eyes, do you really mean it? Are you just saying to please come in? I only said it once because I knew she wouldn't come in. I did not want her to come in our house. And she, she dropped off what she did. She walked away and I turned and there are my kids looking at me. Six, probably six of my kids in there. It's like they had written across their foreheads, you Gizensha, you hypocrite. You know, you were so nice to that lady. So that my plastic pastor's smile, you know, and, and what do you do? What do you do? My tendency is to blame it on Danny, to blame it on the situation. God gave grace. He's working in my heart. He says, and we went to the cross. I said, kids, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I, I really lost it, and I was a fake. Please forgive me. And we prayed. It was a gospel moment for our because they're sinners too. They need to know the same thing to go to Jesus. This is what the gospel is for sinners. And then over time, I didn't realize it. Yeah, I began to realize. I told that story a few times. Then I realized why did I get so angry? You know why I got so angry? It's a deeper idol sin of mine because I was working on the second floor and I was pushing hard to do my work and my achievement idols and to be a good missionary and that people will think well of me. You know, I mean, I would, am I doing it for God's glory? Yes. For the people of Japan? Yes. But there's a whole nother thing going on in my heart too, right? We're just such a mixture. You know, the flesh warth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, Galatians 5.17. And that's a verse for Christians that we have, you know, and... And the, the Lord showed me that was why I got so angry. My kids were interrupting me and were, you know, how I, I am a mess who need Christ. Am I growing? Yes, he's helped me. I see those things. Carol and I see how he's helping us to grow. But this gospel, this love of God that is so great, it is this great love of God. This, this, this word means that like John Newton at the end of his life, he says, you know, the, I only know these two things, that I am a great sinner and Jesus Christ is a great Savior for sinners. And we can all, if we know Christ, we can say the same thing. This, this love of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, the love of Christ compels us it, it, for our sanctification and for, for, our, for our for mission, for going on mission. You know, it, it said, yes, Jesus, how can I serve you? What can I do in response to you? This great love. Last story, need to, need to end. The, the same son, Danny, is now a church planner in inner city Atlanta. But Danny, uh, I got a call from my wife. She said uh, he was senior in high school. He went, was going to the missionary school for missionary kids on the other side of Tokyo, two hours away, with long train ride every day. And, and he, he, she says, Dan, Danny got suspended from high school for three days. I said, What? And I'm sad to say, parents, what do you think my first thought was? Anybody can guess, you know, because I care about reputation. My first thought, sadly, was, oh, you know, school for missionary kids. What are people going to think about me? 
maybe none of you are as sinful as I am, but I had that thought. But God got me past that to care. Danny, what did you do? And he said, he said, Dad, I'm sorry I messed up bad. He said, uh, can I tell you when you get home? I said, no, Danny, tell me now. What did you do? He said, Dad, please, can I tell you when I get home? And, and I said, okay, I'm going to hop on the train. I'll be, be home fast. And I remembered when I had messed up as a young high school kid, 16 or 17, my dad, who really did love my mom and loved me, taught me the love of Christ. My dad had told me when I had really messed up, Dan, same name. I love you, and you can't change my love for you. And I remembered how powerful that was in my life to help me come to know about God's love, you know? And, and, and on the phone there with Danny, before hanging, I said, Dan, wait, Dan, wait a second. I said, I want you to know I love you, and, and you can't change my love for you by what you do. And uh, I said, and so I... Hopped on the train, and man, I was worried. I was thinking, oh, man, did he do that? No, it wouldn't have been that. They would have suspended him. They would have expelled him for that, you know. And I'm thinking, I got, got home, and he told me it was a great time in Danny's life. Went back to see the principal and prayed to Christian school, prayed together. And we, we just saw God really work in Danny's life. And about two weeks later, he, he came to me and said, Dad, you know when you told me on the phone how much... You loved me and that my performance couldn't change your love for me. He said, that was really powerful in my life. And it is, isn't it? Love is so powerful. Well, my love for him is imperfect. Some of us here with this many people here, some of us hear that story and we're thinking our own parents, some that were loving, some that weren't. And all kinds of, you know, there are a lot of thoughts go through our mind. But all of us today are here because we're seeking or we know this love of God in Jesus Christ that the cross teaches us and that Psalm 117 says, this great love of God. For whom? For sinners, chief of sinners. And we have this heavenly Father we can go to today. We say, Jesus, here we are. Forgive us. We take communion. Lord, we need you so desperately. And may that love compel us to keep growing to know him and to be on mission for him here and around the world. Let's pray. Lord, we are weak and needy. Thank you for this gospel of Jesus Christ, for the love of Christ, for your grace to sinners. It does heal us and make us strong in you. It changes us, and we're grateful for that. We pray you would show us new steps of obedience in response to your grace for, uh, in our families, for, for this city, and for the world, for the nations, for every tongue and tribe. In Jesus' name, amen.